Hello. Hello. Welcome. Episode two. Who would have wow, thought? Episode with no I know. hesitation. I, well, Good for you. Uh, you know, it's tough. Ba- I want... I guess we have to take it a little more professional because people are actually listening, which I uh, I have access to the numbers. Well, let me... People have listened. We don't know if they'll continue to I mean, I'd love to see from start to finish, <laughs> like who started at the beginning and ended. It'd probably be in the single digits. Yeah, I'd say so. Hi, high single digits. Although high single the digits. one person, shout out to the Reddit person who oh listened God. all the way through to the end. Yeah, so... Talked I about t- the Morrissey quote, so... Turn this down a little. So, hey, we're back again. Another episode of Yes, This Is Podcast. Music edition. The music edition. I don't know if we need to say that. I think it's going to be straight up. This is the format. Okay. Emily is a big fan of a colon. I am. Oh, okay. The question mark is like ruining for me a lot of the title. I, I feel, because I search for it and it's hard to find. There, There's very few podcasts with a question mark in the title. So that should make it easier to find. I don't know how the algorithms work when it comes to searching, but I, I don't could know. not find this podcast when I searched for it. Ab- now I can. Now you can because it's getting popular. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's got to be at least a million podcasts out there. Um, yeah. But I think this one's unique, kind of. I mean, the logo that I made has Muhammad Salah on it for no reason whatsoever. There will be copyright infringement. Say it again. The, the cat is named after okay. Muhammad Salah. You know me, Premier League since last August. Big fan. But no, I. So I, I, the response to the first episode, the first real episode, was pretty good. I was very positive feedback from everybody. Yep. Sure, some people had some minor problems with some kind of specific things that I said, but <laughs> I don't know. I kind of expected that, but you should hear what I say in private. That's all I have to say. <laughs> then you'd really have some problems with me. But no, I think that it. The, the first thing I did to try to like publicize it or at least get it out there was I went on Reddit. I went on a cock two. I'm we're not doing this again, whatever. Like a thread for it. And I just posted it. I said, hey, I have a podcast. We did an episode about this band that you guys all love in this thread tried to let them know it was kind of silly and i posted it and one guy from england listened to the whole thing and he was like i surprisingly like that and i was like what? that's just crazy to me i've never done that he said he liked it enough where he may listen, listen to again. this so shout out to him i wish i knew yes, his name on you, reddit he's probably watching Adam. This Fulham uh, Wolverhampton game right now. Oh, he was a Leeds fan, was that right? He, he really was active on a Leeds thread, which I I thought was pretty pretty great, cool. Great result for them yesterday. Yeah, I, I did. You watch it? Uh, I no. did. Emily, did you watch it? I, did not. I I didn't watch any of it, but that's I think somebody's job must be kind of on the line at this point. No, last year of the contract, they'll let him finish it out unless things really go sideways. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, now. We're going to follow the same format for this episode. We have a band picked out, but we have to get to two things right off the bat. Um, that we One of them is the thing that I always want to do. The other one is a bit where we need to just sort of kind of... It's not uh, a bit. It's it's authentically meant. Yeah. Well, let me cue up the music. From That's me, a major anyway. Part I of can't it. speak for Pat. Uh-oh. Hear it? Yes, we have some apologies to make. We do. Now, Scott, do you have anything to apologize for from last week? I absolutely do not. He does. He just <laughs> refuses to. Even the stuff I, I didn't even edit out? 
No. no I'm, I'm happy. Okay. I picked like the original Steve Albini 1993 mix of this song. So it probably sounds a little weird, but yeah, I guess I'm a misogynist, so I'm apologizing for that right off the bat. Um, I think that's a good idea ahead of the Speaks band. Yeah, definitely. I think I may have subconsciously picked this band as like a subconscious apology. But, I agree. Yeah, well, I made a specific joke. Oh, God. Uh, it's coming in hot. Joe, wait, what was the other one? <laughs> I know the one about the recipe. Quite a few. Oh, my God. It's just so disheartening. It was just, I think, the general treatment of me as the female in the room. Oh, my God. That's right? so hard to hear. No, not your voice. That comment. It hurts. <laughs> because I love women. Okay? <laughs> no, I, I think that, that was really discouraging to hear. But That's I, a bold-faced lie. <laughs> loved every second of it. But, like, I don't... I know that I don't know what I say half the time, and especially when you're recording like something that you're gonna listen to. Like you know, I'm you're not listening back for content. I was just listening back to make sure it sounded good. So anybody that had a problem with what I said about women, I apologize. All apologies. Kurt Cobain. Guess what? His one of his favorite bands was the Raincoats. The Raincoats, and that's the band we're gonna be talking about today. But Emily has apologies too. I do. Her, now I am. Me and Scott are. What do you got? Me and Scott, we're what you call MRAs. Do you know what that means? No. Men's rights activists. No, <laughs> we're just kidding. But uh, all right, Emily, let's hear your apologies. All right, I have a few. Um, first, Pat credited me for inventing Doom Pop, which turns out I did not. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I should have Googled it ahead of time, and I Googled it after the fact and found out that some people are already using this term, so my fault on that. Apologies to all the Taylor Swift fans out there, including well, you, Well, I don't... That's like... <laughs> I just feel bad that you have to apologize for a, well, a, a teen... Like a middle... What's she, 20? She's making kids she's, music. No. For kids. We can't... She's we making can't baby music for babies. Taylor Swift any more than we already have. It's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's making lullabies for infants, and you have nothing to apologize like for. Like 98% of my friends love Taylor Swift. So, those who listen, I'm sorry to you. And then... Apologies to my dad, who I said only listens to Christmas music, that, which is not true. That was an indictment. I'm, I'm glad you're apologizing <laughs> for that. Uh, I have a few others, but we can... Oh, no, let, no, I want to hear them. Apologies to our Reddit listener, who was sad that we didn't mention his two favorite albums. We did not do a good, thorough overview of the albums discussion. We, we bit off more than we could chew. We definitely did. Well, we should have gone... We should have been... We should have had a better plan going into it. Talk about each album... What we thought. Seven albums, too many. I like the focus on one album this week, I think it works out better. Okay. Now that we did that, I feel like I see that band's name everywhere I look. Like, online. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, the memes that I'm seeing, like, I must have seen five this week. Maybe it's sort of this reflection of the state of affairs of the country right now. But, like, everybody's listening to that band. It's crazy. It is. It's a good thing. Now, are those all the apologies? I would like to apologize on behalf of Scott for his AIDS drop out of nowhere and <laughs> for using the phrase not for me too much. And that's it. It's not for me. It's not, it's not, not my cup Try of tea. Try to not say that this episode. You, wait, who's not saying it? You? Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever. We all have catchphrases. Um, Scott has AIDS. <laughs> you have not for you or not for me. And to be clear, I do not have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, Taylor Swift has Shake It Off. Yeah. Which is a great catchphrase. I mean, good for her. Well, she did coin um, Let's Drop This Sick Beat. That's TM'd to t- Taylor Swift, I believe. Right? Really? Breaking news to me. I think so. Let's Drop This Sick Beat, Taylor Swift. TM. That That's like, I feel like that's cultural appropriation i may be apologizing for this false statement in this episode, <laughs> i want but I'm i pretty like sure. i want to get somebody to just like make annotations for the entire show like <laughs> this was wrong that was racist that was checker. anti-women so, did either of you listen to the dax shepherd podcast no they do that every episode they have the conversation it's very organic and mm-hmm. then right after the episode he and his partner monica go through all the mistakes did you see made. him in the news this week yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Fell off the wagon. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It okay. happens. <laughs> it does. Yeah, sure. Um, I just want to make sure I'm not coming in too hot. I, I hope I... Well, I don't know. We'll have to edit it in post. Um, you will. Another thing that I always... Now, this is kind of separate, but I always thought it'd be cool that like, whenever you went somewhere, a party hang out with new people, you'd always drop like a drink recommendation. Just be like, I'm here, by the way, try this drink. It's really good. And that was something I wanted to sneak into the podcast because one of the solo casts I did and people went crazy for it. <laughs> um, I, I think, was a little sad we didn't do it last time. But do you have one today? Yeah. What, let's, let's hear it. So we're coming into fall. Okay. And here in New England where we are, it's perfect hot toddy time. Mm-hmm. So That's true. With a hot toddy, I like this drink because you can make it with alcohol or without. So wherever you fall on that spectrum, um, basically just lemon, honey, hot water, whiskey if you choose, and then if you want to get fancy, a little orange slice with cloves. That sounds really good. It. We should have made it, and I'll drank one. Yeah. Scott, what do you? I do not have a specific drink. What are you drinking right now? We had a little small batch four roses. Okay. Going on. All right. Get a little ice. ASMR. Yeah, let me. This Let's is for all this. the uh, people on their own Here spectrum. Okay, that sounds great. Scott once told me that this is what he aspires to in his fatherhood is to have his parents remember. I mean, his children remember ice clinking in his glass. Oh my god! <laughs> like a 1950s. Yeah, the sound of ice clinking, the sound of my fist hitting my wife's face. <laughs> These are all the sounds. That <laughs> it's, called, it's called a happy childhood. You, you wouldn't know about it. <laughs> yep, I'm going to have to apologize for that. I don't care. Um, I don't really have a drink recommendation. I've been really into, there's this brewery there in Connecticut. Um, they brew beer, but here's the rub. It's non-alcoholic, and it's really good. And I'm like obsessed with them right now. And you're a big beer guy, so your yeah. opinion matters. In this. It definitely does. Um, what so do you, you? What styles do they have? They have IPA. They have a Golden Ale. They have a Goze. They have a couple Stouts. It's all really good. I mean, I don't know. It's a weird thing to y- people drink beer. The number one thing you drink beer is to get drunk. Like, let's not lie. But if you're drinking yes non alcohol no. Well, I mean... The, the, the non-alcoholic beer would be way more popular. True. I think. True. But, but you know, there aren't many people making good versions of it. So. That's true. So that's my drink recommendation. What's, go to, what's the brewery? Athletic. All right. Go to, the, go to your local packy. Check it out. Try it. It's a little less expensive. Way less calories. I'm on the athletic brewing weight loss plan. I've already dropped 12 pounds. I'm feeling good. 
I'm looking good. Okay. You are good. Thank you very much. I got a got new here. a new hairdo. Yep. Which is the same one that a girlfriend gave me that most people A girlfriend? One of my girlfriends <laughs> she gave it to me. But yeah, I don't have that's my drink recommendation. Uh, check them out. I, I've been in like how do you say like when you talk like evangelizing? Sure. Yeah, that I've been evangelizing this brewery. So if you can find it, check it out. Get back to me. You know, call in next week if, if you want. want we'll put sponsor, you on the air. You, I would also fine. I would love to get the brewer like an interview with him, which I don't think would be impossible. I just don't know if I'm prepared. But don't hit your head on the wall, please. <laughs> That's a fresh oh. paint job. I'll be all right. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I, I think we should move. I, I had one thing I want to say is that. All right, we're going to move into the topic at hand: the raincoats, the time. We're already getting off track, which I like. I think I think that's major part of this. But we're going to move in. Um, we're going to talk about this band, The Raincoats. i to take a deep breath here. Um, they are a... Uh, why did you choose them? This was your, a you pick. This was a me pick. So we mentioned at the la- on the last episode that we were going to pick a band from the Rolling Stones' top 500 albums of all time. Correct. Pat, you picked The Raincoats by the raincoats mm-hmm. and we are wondering why <sighs> i knew kurt cobain liked them and i kind of thought that the album cover looked cool mm-hmm. and i thought that they seemed like more of a post-punk band than they really were and they really weren't that to me i, I was thinking like female fronted strokes i don't know why what did you think they were going to be like i had no idea I'd never heard of this band. I was surprised to hear them described as post-punk after listening to them because, to me, they were they were punk. And to hear post-punk for a band in 1979 sounded too early f- to be using the yeah. term post-punk. But then, as I read a little bit more, I understood what that term actually meant. If anything, they were like a skiffle band, just like banging on trash cans and stuff. What was God's name was that? Sorry. <laughs> um, We'll get into this, but their sound is very interesting, how they mm-hmm. how they come about. Yeah, I mean, and when I checked this band out, very obvious, the violin. Yes. So I pulled this out. Let me see if I can cue it up. Without the raincoats. Oh, that's them. This was a good track, but without... Turn this down a little. Without the raincoats, we wouldn't be getting this great song. A little yellow card. One of the first bands mainstream to use a violin. This band stinks. <laughs> I can't stand them. Am I going to have to apologize for that? Possibly. Maybe. We were just talking about this band on the way over. Really? Neither of us care for them, but... No, but this goes into another thing. Too old. We're all too old for them. For Yellow Card or for the Raincoats? We're too young for the Raincoats, but for Yellow Card, we're too old. So, but listening to the Raincoats now... We can listen to it and enjoy it, right? Whereas Definitely. Yellow Card, it's more like you had to hear no, it at the time. No, there's a certain... To now be able to listen to it as a middle-aged person. I thought the Raincoats were like... When I first put them on, I was like, oh, this is way more DIY than I expected. I don't yeah. know how you felt. I didn't have any expectations going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw there were only three albums, that's always curious. And then you realize that the lineup for... The album we're doing, the self-titled, only lasted for yeah twenty-eight shows, eight mm-hmm. months, and then it was gone. Paul Malov left. Yeah, and 
people that were in and out of the band like went on to be in like huge bands like public image limited you ever listen to them no they're pretty good but he was in the news this week johnny rotten was wearing a maga shirt and everyone was flipping out yeah but apparently this is a running theme and every year he just does something and he's been a piece of shit for a while yeah but he really loved the raincoats too Mm -hmm. which is kind of surprising i think he called them the only good band in existence (laughs) i i love public image limited this is a song called rise this song is a classic have you heard it before no this is post sex pistols yes i think this is great i i wanted to start the show with this but i started with denzel curry i listen a lot it's sunday morning 7 a.m you throw on denzel curry and you just clean your condo that's what i do Denzel Curry, great featuring track on that Glass Animals song that I sent you, Tokyo Drifting. Cool. I did listen to that one. Um, but yeah, like I think it. It's funny that they were, they like their popularity. They were never super popular, but all these famous people raved about them. I mean, everybody know, knows Kurt Cobain liked them. He put them on a list of like his top fifty records. That list I looked at, and you know, there's some jokes. You ever hear the band The Shags? Mm-hmm. That this song, My Pal Foot Foot. I've never heard that song. This was another, like, I should have looked at the list and been like, oh, Kurt Cobain listened to this too. I mean, this is abject trash. I think it was a top list of indie bands, right? It wasn't like top bands of all time. No, it was like Kurt Cobain's favorite bands. I'm not even a big Kurt Cobain guy. Oh, yeah, you're right. His 50 favorite albums. Yeah, it was a weird list, but like, this was on it, and like, is just these people can't play their instruments but the raincoats didn't know how to play their instruments with the exception of vicky the violinist yeah classically trained yeah oh this is bad (laughs) i'll shut it up (laughs) um well that was the thing that when i started listening to the album at first listen i was like i don't know if this is going to I know that it is important, and I know that a lot of people think it's good. I might not be the number one person for this. So my first thought what brought me right back to like Punkorama 2, mm-hmm. where I had never heard TSOL before, and it had that same kind of, I mean, objectively bad singing. But yeah. once you accept it and start listening to it, then you can kind of enjoy the rest of everything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot going on on this album. What what do you want to start with the title track? Throw sure. that on. I had the opposite impression of you guys. As soon as I started listening to it, I loved it, and I think I went into it expecting like another band like Bikini Kill or Sleep Bikini, mm-hmm. which I don't want to have my feminist card revoked. Oh no, but was, I, those I know were never for me. I know so where to you're hear going. This and have it be different. I was happily surprised. Yeah, th- they had love songs. Like, they had songs about, like, the situation they were in. It wasn't, like, a lot of anger. Um, it is anger, but it's not yelling about it. Right. It's telling it's a story about the situations. That's fair. Yeah, it's, it was more, like, kind of looking around you and being frustrated with everything, but kind of not... I mean, I like Sleater Kinney. I've never listened to Bikini Kill, but there was a certain righteousness to that that this band doesn't have which probably softens their edge exactly maybe that's why they never like got super big was because they didn't fit in any sort of well i think they were bigger in the uk they Mm -hmm. didn't 
make any headway over here until Kurt Cobain, like... I'm still very... Reintroduce them. I'm not a big Nirvana guy, but, like, if he said he liked the band, people really listen to them. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Um, they... DGC, was that the record label he was on? Yeah. Like, they, they re, reissued their records and... At his urging. Yeah, and it's like, I, that Kurt Cobain, he's all strung out on heroin, and he's like, you gotta put these out, man. He's like, huge. Everybody respected him at minimum mm-hmm. i was too young i was too young to be a nirvana were you a big nirvana guy scott not really no not until later high school like i, I missed when it came out yeah what about you emily Same. Uh, yeah except for smells like teen spirit that was and, everywhere. and then weird al covered them <laughs> or parodied them and yeah so. weird al covered them <laughs> like the straight cover Parody, sorry. um i i remember getting like mtv unplugged and being like this is fine but it wasn't... I don't know. It was really popular when it came out, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think everybody had a copy. So how old were we in, what, 1993? I was in third grade. Yeah, that'd be 10 years old. I hadn't even nine, really so. listened to good music yet. I, I hadn't gotten Green Day. Dookie. That was my record. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I was listening to good music. Just they were... It was music from the 60s. It wasn't anything current. Okay. So... Still today, though, yes. that's what you listen to. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I missed out on Kurt Cobain being this like, sort of Midas touch person. But if you listen to early Nirvana, like you can tell that this sort of had uh, an impact on him. I think, and probably the whole DIY aspect of it. What happened in the game, Scott? Oh no. Um, now, the listeners at home, there's a soccer game on that these two yep. are in, mildly invested in while we're having. I'm this not really invested in it. Now, Scott, you really, Scott and Emily, you guys yep. both read a book about this band. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book's well, part of a series called Thirty Three and a Third, which you mentioned, Pat, on the I, last episode. Did I? Ooh. Yep. And does Pitchfork do it, or is it? It's like its own thing. And then a lot of different writers from publications, I'm sure like Rolling Stone and Spin. And so they just kind of do a deep dive on a specific album, uh, interviews, and there's 120 plus of these books out there. And so Emily and I picked this one up. It's 150 pages. It's like a three hour read. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Great. I read an excerpt from it and even though we just picked one album, like even this album felt like over like the history of it felt overwhelming like scott you read the book well, give me a little background on the band members from what you read so anna who's the lead vocals and guitar and her and gina are the main singers but anna's 30 was 30 years old when this all came together gina was 22 23 which i thought was a really interesting dichotomy mm-hmm you picture punks, especially a band like this, you think they're all 18 to 21. Yeah. They, they were squatting, which was a big, Their living conditions song. were that, insane. I read the passage about the living conditions, and it was romantic, and it sounded interesting, but it seemed like a nightmare. So Gina's squat had some kind of gas leak in it that just was <laughs> healed. Slow. Didn't it, like, kill the plants killed or something? Plants, yeah. And... She wasn't eating food ever, and and she had a quote in this book that said, maybe I wasn't healthy. (laughs) So a fun subplot of that is just everybody in the UK was squatting around this time Mm -hmm. to the point where the government had to make up rules about it. But all these houses were going empty, so people were just moving in there. And then the government decided it was cheaper to let all these 
punks and squatters fix up the house Artists. rather yeah. than do it themselves. And then all these guys are just doing makeshift radiators and everything, but mm-hmm. they're making the place livable. And the government was just going to leave it dilapidated. Yeah, so there was like a study that showed it was cheaper and it was like it was it was like a very symbiotic thing where they were like they'll let people uh, have a house, have a house, build up the property. But then they talked about couple members of the band like what they went through to that's right clink that glass uh what they went through to like it it didn't sound even like the government made it sound like it was like workable it didn't seem very enjoyable i I still think that it kind of sucked but Um, they seemed happy with it yeah they really were just this was their mentality they were Mm -hmm. artists they they were anti-capitalist. Yep. They wanted to make their art and they didn't care about money. Mm-hmm. And it kind of showed in the music. I yeah. mean, they weren't, this wasn't like Riot Girl punk from like no. the late 80s. This was a very romanticized version that I think these people, this band, they had sort of this enlightenment that showed in the music and showed in their lifestyle. Um, is there a song you want to listen to, Emily? So we started with Fairy Tale in the Supermarket, which was not originally on the album. Okay. Only issued as the opening track on the re-release. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that song. You guys didn't? No, I did. Okay. I, I liked it. I thought it was like, it was so, to, I, I thought the band was going to be more poppy, more sort of produced. Yeah, like a pop punk even like a Sleater Kenny is kind of a little more poppy. But There's a line from this song. Um, you're rereading a, a book to feel reassured by the life of your favorite hero. And I love that line. That's uh, so a great line. We, last time we discussed the Cocteau Twins and no lyrics that we could discern <laughs> from them. <laughs> Here we have lyrics. I still don't really know what they mean, mm-hmm. which is fine. I, I like sort of being able to interpret the meaning. When I was reading the lyrics from the book, I could rarely match them up with how they were sung. Yeah. Because I didn't, I don't know if it's the bit of the accent or what. I had a hard trouble understanding 40% of the lyrics. But you read them in the, in the articles and it's a lot more clear the story they're trying to tell. Right. It helps that the the author here is breaking it down for us a little bit. Yes. I thought she was great, the author. Yeah. Jen was it Jen, Jen Pelly? Yep. She she really she really did a great job. And track one had the line Cups of tea are a clock, a clock, a clock, a clock yeah. and I she said that that was how she told time in the squat, where she could tell who had been there because of where the teacups were, if the tea was warm, if the tea was empty. Yeah. I love I thought that. that was really cool and I think the lyrics the lyrics are miles ahead of the music for better or worse but you know i found that to be very poetic um now i i know i said i wanted to get a song from you but i wanted to tell this quick little story there was this you know they call like djs presenters in england Mm -hmm. there was a presenter's name was danny baker he thought the band sucked and he went and see them live every time uh a waiter or waitress like clanged around a glass or dropped a tray the they got up and danced because yeah. they thought it sounded better. <laughs> so I did a little background on old Danny Baker. I heard the story, too, on a podcast I listened to. So oh, really? you looked into this because I didn't. Well, Danny Baker, folks, he's been canceled because when uh, Prince Harry 
and Megan, Duchess of Sussex, I guess, when they had Sussex. Sussex. <laughs> I, we got to edit that out. That's <laughs> fucking embarrassing. Um, when they had their royal baby and they came out of the hospital, Danny Baker posted a picture of two people holding hands with a chimpanzee. That's racism. Tough stuff. That is, that is bad. I'm glad and, he's uh, canceled. And he, he had w- negative opinions on the raincoats, so... From the beginning. And they said it was because they wouldn't grant him an interview because they knew he was shitty anyway. Hmm. They you know, were but, so wise for being so young. Well, that's where I think having Anna at 30 really... Yeah, but even... That's a big difference. That mm-hmm. is a big difference. That's true. But even some of Gina's lyrics are very uh, wise beyond her years, let's say. So one of the other interesting things... I thought was there's probably seven different people that wrote a song on this record. Oh wow! Everybody, no one wrote multiple songs. Everyone got to do their own thing. Uh, you have the cover of Lola. That's pretty interesting because the album is really cohesive. Yeah. So it's a real democracy. And everybody wrote it. At least every one person wrote a song. A bunch of people that had gone in and out of the bands, they worked together on the songs. Wow, I, I didn't realize that, and that kind of makes me more impressed. Hmm. Uh now, Danny Baker, his favorite football team, Millwall. Just keep him, keep him down. Keep him down. Is that bad? They're just scumbags. Like they're they're <laughs> like <so> strong. <laughs> I'm posting this in a Millwall subreddit. <laughs> They'll come and attack me. Uh, oh, poor cat, Scott. I apologize. <laughs> the kid, the the one guy that doesn't like pets. He, look at him though. But he had cats growing up, which I think is he's so weird. Around. Yeah, you know, it's not true. My but. dog, she's very picky as to who she likes, and she does like Scott, even though he couldn't care less about her. I would use a stronger term, maybe a <laughs> Hate? bore. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. Up oh, that next week, he's going to have a... apologize. He yeah. Emily. He has a lot of apologizing to do for that. Um, do you want to pick a song, Emily, that you liked? So just to quickly touch on uh, No Side to Fall in Love, opens with the violin. And I think it really sets the tone for that entire song. You were already playing this, Pat, just before this. Let's get back into it, if I can. Her violin, so Vicky, how do we say her last name, Scott? Aspinall? Yeah. She joined the band later, and there was some um, differences with what they wanted the violinist to sound like. Like, Hmm. Gina wanted this kind of uh, abstract sound, but Paul Mollive wanted a more classic violin sound and they ended up with Vicky to their benefit I mean the violin really stands out when we were reading this book they said that no one instrument stands out but I disagree with that I think with this the violin is I will say that when I listened to them first the violin didn't sound out of place I don't even know if I noticed it until I started reading about them, and then I was like, oh, the violin was like a big deal. I was the same way. Having spent my formative years as a yellow card listener, <laughs> violin would not be out of place in music. No, but it was, it it, it sounded organic to me. It really, it worked. Um, I am a fan of it. Yeah. Like the song. It's the shortest song. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite song on the album. I, I love I have a, a favorite song. that I will play. Okay. The t- now, Scott, you look like you were gearing up. Uh, on how the women joined the band, Palmolive had been playing with the Slits. Okay, she had gotten, perfect. She had gotten kicked out of their band for being late all the time. Oh, no. And Anna and Gina had put a sign up in a 
music shop of some sort, and the sign said, "Female musician wanted. Strength, not style." And I like that. So yep. their goal was really strong female musicians. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, we'll make it work. We'll work together on it. Yeah. Have you ever heard the slits before? No. I'll play them because we'll I one of their albums is Return of the Giant Slits. <laughs> is that like an innuendo? <laughs> A million percent. Okay. I think that's that's an offensive. Like if you drop that term nowadays, that's pretty offensive. I'll play a slit song. I Emily, uh, this, can I call you a slit? Oh no. my okay. god! <laughs> that, I think you're, you're doing a You've great job. You probably called me worse, but oh, brutal. So, so next Friday we'll be hosting something on the porch, and I'll send Emily an invite with, "Please come back, giant slit." So, no, this is oh the my. kind of stuff I have to deal with. <laughs> so when you sent this to your people you know mm-hmm. were they like oh i had to give a lot of disclaimers intros yeah, yeah. that's fun that's like that's that's my nightmare because mm-hmm. that, that's why i don't send this to i mean i post about it on instagram but i can't do that many yeah uh, i didn't i honestly didn't do that many you have I them signed like documents four or five you had to sign this this uh disclosure an nda <laughs> uh, don't cancel us <laughs> Please don't cancel any of us. We have real jobs. <laughs> um, now, the slits, very similar to the raincoats. I, I thought, this just isn't my like style of music, I guess. Somehow, I think even with this style, they were aiming to be more commercial. Mm-hmm. The raincoats really weren't. Yeah. Although the, the history of the band's uh, label, what was it, Rough Trade? Mm-hmm. Yes. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. The whole label's history. Uh, I didn't really... G- give me a little background. I didn't remember it well enough to do that. They well, were very anti... Again, anti-commercialism. Mm-hmm. And were really in it for the music and not in it to make money. Like, where they made all the albums was very run down. Everything that they did was, like, second-tier equipment. Yeah. And they really... Grassroots. Yeah. The, whoever was in charge of the, al- the label really focused on the music yeah you love that ideal you love getting older yeah it's it's definitely an ideal i still aspire to live like that but it gets harder and harder i mean Mm -hmm. i have a mortgage capitalism (laughs) yeah it it sucks you're not squatting here no i am not although it looks like outside i could probably if i wanted to um there was that story about one of the members of the band who saw Kurt Cobain at Rough Trade. Did you read yeah. that? Yes. It, it wasn't at Rough Trade. He went to Rough Trade with Courtney Love. Okay. Looking for a copy of this album. Um, she was not there. He talked to one of the guys that worked there and said, she works at her cousin's antique store down the street. Pop in there and see if you can catch her. And so Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love went to this antique store. Anna did not know who he was or who she was. She was tied up with a customer at the time, so acknowledged him and said, I don't have a copy of that album, and then kind of like left it at that. Later found out who he was and why he was there. and That's weird. And so they, they found a copy of the album and sent him this uh, version with all kinds of liner notes and drawings. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really, I mean, it sounds like one of the top five moments of his life. The way he talks about it. Oh, so you're getting this this from his perspective. Well, his and Anna's, too. Yeah, that's... uh, I mean, the guy was a superstar. Probably one of the most famous rock stars ever at the time. They were supposed to tour together. Oh, really? A few months before he died. Yeah. They had Hmm. set up a tour. (laughs) 
What did you stop yourself from almost saying? Various poor <laughs> nicknames for Good job, suicide. Scott. Uh, I just looked at him. He did this like <laughs> look. Was, I'm like, what are you censoring Quick calculation. Right <laughs> Not enough bourbon for that to be Aired no. released freely. Uh, I, I wish I was like, I could imagine that if I was a big Nirvana fan and I knew all this, I'd be so into the raincoats. Yeah. So Nirvana covered The Void. Which is oh, really? what the seventh but track it was never on this released. album? Oh. I couldn't find it anywhere. But Hole also covered it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Was that released? Yes. You can I find, want to listen to that. that I like Hole. And also, there's an album that came out at the beginning of September by a band called Vertigo Ko. They also covered the Void. All right, so, let's listen to those. Because don't listen to the Vertigo Ko oh. one. What uh, the Hole one's pretty good though. Which was it on Pretty on the Inside? I don't know. I didn't look it up. I was looking. I, I for did the Google it and one, listen to it, so it exists. Okay, I don't know if I'll be able to find that if it's not on Spotify. Courtney Love and Void probably has a lot of matches. That's true. Let's see if we can find it. Scott's going all in on Courtney Love right now. <laughs> this is a Gotcha podcast, and he's canceling Courtney Love. Um. I can't find it, but that's okay. That's okay. We can move on with the um, Adventures Close to Home. That's the next, right? After No Side to Fall in Love. Okay. So this song was written by Palm Olive while she was still with the Slits. Mm-hmm. So they also have a version of this song that they both released at the same time. I got to find it real quick. The Raincoats one right? came out first. Yeah. And the agreement with the Slits was one of their other members had to sing the song. Yeah. They weren't going to let the regular singer do it because Palmolive had the specific vision for the song. And they really, she wanted this other girl to be the singer for it. I like this version better than the I think I didn't listen to the other one. Give the people a chance to listen. Does all the harmony fascinate you at all? You got muted. I was, was trying to. I'm trying left. to like <laughs> take the professionalism to another level. It's probably not necessary. The harmonies are good because the voices are unique, and yeah. the fact they were able to harmonize, I think it says something. As the I resident anti-Beatles person here. Oh no! Oh, you know, oh no! I'm always gonna be. The Beatles were a huge influence for this band. Yeah. Anna loved them. Both Anna and Palmolive, who grew up in Spain and Portugal. Um, the Beatles was one of the only bands that made it over there, where they like. They had authoritarian regimes yes. back then. So there which was, was only not 50 a lot of years music. ago. You were really fascinated by that. I didn't. You know, you hear about Spanish Civil War, you assume it was 1800s, and it was yeah. like 1970. Uh, this podcast I, is becoming all of us. Coping with the fact that we are sheltered Americans and don't know anything about the world yeah, at large. Yeah, I mean, it's, basic state of life. I mean, <laughs> this was like the last two days of life felt like a month. I mean, yep. yeah, it's it's been a very strange time. Nonstop dancing. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're waiting for those coffin guys to come out. What, what's that meme called? I don't. Know. Have you seen it? I don't think so. Oh, it's, have you seen it? It's a good one. <laughs> Now we're a meme podcast. <laughs> Gather the kids around. We're going to talk about memes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that... Uh, I don't want people to think I don't like this band. It's I, okay to not like this band. 
I definitely listened to them a lot over the last week. I, I love the album. Really? I, I really did. Good for you guys. I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I, do you want to play You want to hear a song? This song that we're listening to now is about rape, I think. Which one is? What's the name? Off Duty, Off Duty Trip. Trip. Yeah. Yeah. So this was written by Vicky. There had been an, the an incident in the news where a soldier had raped a girl and then yeah. basically just got off with it, got free because hmm. he was a soldier. So that's so, off-duty trip. So probably they start singing about the professional, join the professionals, you can do whatever you want. Ah. I found this track to be, like, kind of spooky. Yeah. So this now Probably the, that was the intention. This one goes really well with... I forget which one. The names all kind of blend together for me. There's a song about... When they were getting off a train, when they went, they were the first punk band to go play in Poland. Really? Yeah. Huh. And they, the song where they say stop and then the music stops, mm-hmm. that's imitating what it's like being these pink-haired women getting off uh, in a Nazi uh, state. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I want to play my let's favorite song. Favorite. Uh, let's see how we're doing on time. We're doing pretty good, so we can. We can keep going. Uh, You're a million. I love the beginning of the song. I yeah. think that when you hear this beginning, you can. I think of Joy Division. I think of modern bands like Interpol. I think of Velvet Underground. They loved the Velvet Underground. Oh, did they? Too. Yep. I mean, it's very, very obvious when you hear this track. Let's let's yeah. let it, let's let it breathe a little bit. And the violin sounds like really it like works it really works as like a dirge is that how you say it like a funeral dirge sure. you're marching yeah well it's building it's building it's building mm-hmm. this is the song yeah this listen is to the end the, up the stop here yeah that's the like the, on the when they were in poland even like the effects on the guitar i thought were like really it just it was it's a i'm surprised more bands haven't covered this song did any? I I didn't look that up. I, I didn't either, but I'm surprised more haven't. I just thought this was a great song. I listened to this song like five times this morning. Just because that beginning guitar and the violin, the song works. Yeah. Again, it's it sounds like there the Beatles, A Day in the Life, mm-hmm. that build up to the, with the violin and all the instruments. Yeah. Building up to the crescendo. Now, did you guys check out any of the other albums from the band? Yes. Not really. Mm-hmm. I did just as like a cursory look. Uh, obviously, nothing was as big as this, but I, I think this part of the song rules too. So yeah. good. Now, when you did your kids listen to this at all? Mm, a little bit, not much. Yeah. Music for kids nowadays is just so. It sucks. How they get music fucking sucks Scott and his son both love iPhone so it's a good song it is a good song if you don't like it Emily that's on you <laughs> Jason also enjoyed the hardest button to button the other day okay I like that's almost like a nursery rhyme in a way so I, if you work with the kids they'll make good decisions mm-hmm. yeah well, I do have an assignment from the music teacher for my second grader telling him to pick three of his favorite songs and explain why <laughs> That's seems, fun. Seems a little much. Sounds like an episode of this podcast so am I gonna, waiting to happen. Am I going to 
tell his teacher to listen to iPhone. When is that due? <laughs> Monday? I don't know. We have. I want to talk about we'll that next it, time we record. We'll see if it gets done. What do you mean we'll see if it gets done? Remote learning, man. Anything goes. It will get done. Does iPhone have bad words in it? No, just uh, smoking gas. <laughs> That's fine. Damn, ripping on that sit-go. It's a great Chief Keef song. I don't know if you ever listen to Chief Keef. Not, no. He's pretty good. I haven't. He's really good. Um, all right, so my favorite track. All right. Is this is always my, my favorite part because I think that me and Emily, our wavelength as far as discussing music is pretty similar. Mm-hmm. But that's not fair to Scott because we talk about music all the time. No, I would say you and Scott are the partners in this trio and I'm sort of on the outside. You think so? Yeah. We're I able would to... I say that the... Well, Pat and I talk more, but True. you two have more similar backgrounds and overall wavelengths. In, in the span of our lives, yes, but talking about current day, you... because you don't listen to anything current day. That's true. <laughs> I would like to maybe try to next time we do something. Well, we'll play you the top like five songs in the country right now. Yeah, that'll be bad for all of us. <laughs> but uh, what's your favorite track? My favorite track was the final one, "No Looking." Okay, okay. I like this one as well. And it, it builds up similar to "You're a Million," mm-hmm. but the way that they go back and forth at the end, yeah, uh, it just gets me going every time and wants me to listen to more. And it, they bring it just to the brink of where you almost can't stand it anymore, and then they change it. Yeah. At the end. The album's a quick 34 minutes and 51 seconds. I've listened it. to it at least 15 times. Wow. So this is... Uh, this song was based off of a poem by a French poet. Jacques Prévert, we'll say, is how you pronounce it. So they translated the poem and wrote the song. I really like the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Is it in... You said it was a French poet. Is it in French? Yep. And so they translate... This is not in French. They translated the French poem. I think Gina was studying French at the time. See... Imagine how many people started bands after listening to the Raincoats. Right. Because they gave them permission to do so. Mm-hmm. Whereas there, that just wasn't allowed before. Very male-dominated. No, it's true. The punk scene. Like, just hearing how, like, there's obviously melody and they're, they know how to play their instruments, but... But they don't. That they don't. No, so, they don't. Yeah. You can hear it, and... Like, Paul Molive was in the slits. She was in a band. She still didn't give a shit about time. She mm-hmm. was never going to keep it intentionally. Yeah. And it's just, it's all over the place. And I love the, just the punk. It's kind of what I always felt punk was when I was yeah. 17. Here we go. The violin back there. I really would have liked to have seen them live. Yeah. This eight month stretch, but they existed. This would be the energy would be insane. Oh yeah, I mean, there are bands that, like, I'm not gonna say I've been like dragged to concerts, but like, there's been shows where you got to see this band live. You got to see this band you live. You usually do the dragging. <laughs> I usually do the dragging, and you see a band live that you were like reluctant, and you're like, okay, there's a reason why. Like, I saw Bruce Springsteen live. I'm not the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan. It was incredible. Amazing. I mm-hmm. saw him live too. I 
totally got it. I mean, I saw Fish live. That's a band that I would probably trash nine days out of ten. That old expression. <laughs> they were awesome. It was three hours. You know, you're eating Molly or whatever to the drugs. No, eating. but like, yeah, you eat you eat Molly. It was just really okay. good. This band would be probably the same. Like, I, the, remember the White Stripes show we saw? I do. It was amazing. I mean, yeah, they're the White Stripes, and obviously they're really good. But that show was like so memorable, and they were so good. That was their third to last show. That's crazy. That's very sad. We just snuck it in. Pat, cue up In Love for me. So I have In Love thoughts. Okay. And it's that I don't like it that much. I really like it, but... The wailing is a lot for me. It reminds me of another song that I cannot place. So, Pat, my assignment for you is to set up some sort of format where listeners can write in okay. and, and see if they have suggestions. The Little only poll. one I could come up with was the song Here Comes the Night by them. Lead singer Van Morrison. Mm-hmm. I would be interested if you would play that after this to okay. see if you guys agree with me. Oh, it's that chord change. Yes. I, I like want to look it up, but that wouldn't be fair to look up like what this sounds like. Yeah. I didn't do that either. So I thought at first it was um, Heroin by Velvet yeah. Underground mm-hmm. to bring that song back. And then, no, it's not. You know, listening to this song and knowing how like untrained or how not proficient yeah. they were, the harmonies are awesome. Yep. They keep time like crazy good. Yep. Gina created her own echo sound here. Yeah, it wasn't dubbed over. It wasn't no. really tracks. Yeah, it's all her own. Wow. Creation. You know, like the the cocktoo cocktail podcast. This is a band that I think I will definitely put like more in my rotation. Yeah. I, I go through a punk phase maybe four times a year. And yeah. This is definitely gonna be part the of the DIY punk phase. Now let's want me to play the song by them. Yeah, you want to look that up. I also listen to, I don't know if you guys have heard of these headphones in general. I never listen to head, no, I'm sorry, the actual, <laughs> the yeah. actual headphones. Okay. Um, I usually just, I don't get the full aural experience anymore. Because, ah. you know, I'll listen with one earphone in while listening for children screaming. Yeah. And it's not the same. So a couple nights this week, I just went, put in the earbuds, blocked everything else mm-hmm. out. And like this song, it's really intense. Yeah. If it's only the only thing you're hearing. A lot of their songs do. Yeah, but in, you really hear all the extra little stuff, mm-hmm. and that's that's part of why I like it so much. Well, I listen to music at work on headphones, but at my house, I have a stereo system that I listen to. But I, live, I, I am I do live alone, so it's a little easier. But I'm as guilty as anyone when I don't really listen to like albums right. as much as I would like to. Or as much as I should. You're as guilty as me on that. Scott does. All right. Here's them. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's like pretty close. I mean, it, it initially, I would say probably. They probably were influenced by this. Yeah, I didn't see mention of it. There's a lot of mention of the Velvet Underground, the Beatles, the Kinks, of course. Mm-hmm. Um not a lot of female bands, though. No, they, they were kind of trying to pave their own way. Yeah. Gina's 
influences growing up were very similar to mine. Interesting. I, I want to hear I these. Find it. Oh, uh, she grew up in a lower middle class household, and her musical foundation wove together simple, playful sounds. Sorry. The Beatles and the Ronettes, the Sound of Music soundtrack, hmm. squeaky clean boy bands a la Herman's Hermits, plus hymns from Catholic school, which is, well, that was not me, but no, everything that. that Much to Tony's chagrin. <laughs> yes. Do you like how in Utopia Avenue they trash Herman's Hermits every I, chance they get? No, I do not like that. Really? Because I love Herman's Hermits. I don't care how poppy they are, how mainstream. The writer had a vendetta against them. He must have, right? Or like they were a punchline that I just didn't know about. But Gina of the Raincoats loved them too, so it, it validates I can't even. I've never heard them before. You have. You just don't know. Really? Yes. Henry VIII. That's the name of one of their songs? Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter. Sounds very nice. I'm Into Something Good. Okay, they, you got it. I know that. Okay. I think that for the next... I, I want to... For the next thing we listen to, I, I want to get a little more modern. Okay. A little more 90s. You're the one doing the choosing, pal. <laughs> I want, okay, you guys pick. Uh, well, no, we can't pick to, on the spot. I know. To, no, it's no, your no. show, buddy. You're uh, the one who's... I guess so. Well... You know, I, it's tough. Because the rankouts were so important, it's hard to get a scope of them in one week. Same with Cocteau Twins. You can't cram that in two weeks. Right. I kind of thought this band would be good because... I, I really enjoyed no, I, this. Yeah, I thought they worked great. Yeah. But I thought they were more of a flash in the pan than they... Like, I just... they Like a snapshot of... The era, I just thought they would work good, but then, but then you read about them, you're like, oh, how they like they they all have such the myth of them. It really adds up to the album and afterwards, and the influence they have. Right. So you can't, once again, you can't just cram that in a week. No. So, where we're talking about how they organize the songs and don't really know their instrument, not know they didn't, they weren't proficient. Is this a guitar? I'm like, no, that's a drum. <laughs> Damn. Uh, These guys don't know their instruments. <laughs> so the way that they created songs, they looked at how gen- most songs were created as a masculine thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this the... Yeah, I know where you're going with this. So this is a quote from Kathleen Hanna, who had released a studio album in 98. I think she of said, Bikini Kill, Pat. Am yes. I correct? Yeah. It's a really interesting idea about sentence structure being linear. It has a point. It has a verb and a noun and it goes somewhere. In that sense, it's really similar to the male orgasm. Plot structure in books and movies is also similar to the traditional ideas people have about male orgasm. There's the foreplay and stuff, and then three quarters of the way through, it's over. Writing through the body is about trying to come up with an alternative to that. Hmm. So if, if I'm that's glad you brought this up because this felt a little bit too, like too anti-mainstream uh, for me. Like it felt like she was trying to, she was reaching too hard to make a point against. The patriarchy, which you know we're all in favor of doing mm-hmm. from time to time, but if you have, if you could explain this further to me, I would appreciate that. I just think that the way that they structured their songs with the lack of time, like they're really trying to do something different for a reason. They're not just accepting this is how you make a song, right? But what does that have to do with the male orgasm? <laughs> explain the the thread there. <laughs> I'm not going to do it better than <laughs> she did. No, but just there's a the general procession to sex, right? And it's almost always dictated by the man. So you know you got to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it. I feel like Scott's trying to sound woke when he explains <laughs> it, but I know what you're saying. 
There's the beginning, the middle, and the end. I, I think they were just... That's the author's own opinion. This was Kathleen Hanna. Oh, it was Kathleen. Well, yeah. God, she's very angry. She's an angry woman. Uh-oh. Um, no, I'm just... Here we just, go. Uh, I don't know. I never listened to enough Bikini Kill. She's pretty righteous. I don't really have any problem with her. But it. I think that's the opposite of the raincoats mentality is that they are sort of quiet feminists where they're not in your face. They're not like that's true. what you expect. Of- I thought the music was like, had a certain amount of androgyny to it. Yeah. I mean, music being played by men, music being played by women, this was music be- being played by like people. Humans. Humans. Like, in one it, band. In one band. Yeah. yeah. Which we talked about with the Cocteau Twins. That there's no like hierarchy of instruments vocals no lead singer yeah i mean i didn't really that and i think that's what they were trying to do purposely was not be a feminist band and i think that makes them more accessible i mean i'm sure there's people that won't listen to bikini kill because of how they feel about kathleen hannah kathleen hannah do you have any favorite female-led punk ska bands uh my favorite i mean i have a lot of favorite female singers but Punk ska bands? I don't know. I like Neko Case, Phoebe Bridgers right now. What about, what, give me, what, do you, what are you getting at here? Do you have no, one? No, nothing specific. Uh, one of the first punk shows I saw was AFI back in 98. Mm-hmm. And F- opened for him, who is a very loud screamer. Was I at this punk. show? I don't think you so. You were not, no. Um, and then currently, Bad Cop, Bad Cop is out there. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. They're all, there's three females. And I also inter- like Nico Case. Mm-hmm. I don't know Nico Case. Is it Nico? I'm so bad <laughs> with that shit so. because Neko Wafers. No, you can't. I don't see these. Well, there's st- Nico nope. in the Velvet Underground and uh, Nico okay. Case. They're spelled differently. No one's saying these names around me. I don't yeah. run in these circles, but. Uh, Sorry, Scott, I interrupted you. That's all good. Well, and the other favorite band would be The Interrupters. <laughs> Perfect. We, the Interrupters are really good. I saw them live with Scott. You know, That's fe- just the female singer, though. We're going to listen to F-minus, because I think these guys aren't that great. It's loud and aggressive. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're a, 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 a... I wish... I think if you're a, a woman or a young girl, and you could hear the raincoats, you'd be like, you'd dig it. I wish I had heard them when mm-hmm. I was, like, 20. I wish I heard a lot of bands when I, I was younger. I needed them right now, at this point in my life, mm-hmm. feeling very empowered by them, but I wish I had heard them yeah. a long time ago. I mean... Yeah, like I, I wish I'd listened to a lot of bands. I wish I, when I was like in high school, middle school, I wish I had access to music from the late 70s, yeah. 80s. Like that's my one big thing because now I have everything and I don't know where to start. We did have access. We just didn't have the deep access. Yeah. I don't know if I'm digging F minus, Scott. Let's, uh, let's talk about Lola. Okay. Let's do the Lola cover. Da, 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 so da. my closest association for this song is the Weird Al cover Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play that in full right after. I met her in a club down in Oso, where they drink champagne and it tastes just like cherry Do we need another Lola cover? I think we do in this case. And like today or back in 1979? I think Pat means do we need a, a cover at all of Lola? Uh, that, I mean, the Kings have like five versions of this yeah. song on their own. Now, you're a pretty big Kinks fan. Yeah. Is Destroyer a big song by them? Yeah. Okay. That's the sequel to Lola. Yeah. I love that song. It's, it's a great song. Favorites. Yeah. 
sequel in what way? Well, Destroyer, it's not necessarily a sequel to Lola. <laughs> Lola but was it, part it, one. It talks, it like is incorporating a lot of their songs mm-hmm. and winding it up into Destroyer. I but think they, you would like Destroyer. They do open with Metagirl called Lola. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of LBTGQ people at this time Uh-oh. liked this. No, they liked this cover yeah. because they didn't change the words. They didn't change the sex or gender or anything. And so now you have a woman saying, I've never kissed a woman before. And it rings a little ah, different. Okay. Yeah. It hits differently. It does. As the kids say. And I was afraid that the Kinks version was problematic. But the more I looked into it, the more it was like ambiguous still. But this version really did turn that on its head also, Scott, like what you were saying. Yeah, I, I do like it. And I think it, it works. Yeah. Sounds very similar to the original, except it's a little bit off kilter, which I think is uh, that's a the phrase right I'm borrowing. Yeah. yeah. Now, had you ever heard this before? No. And it's kind of sad. This is what they're most well known for, from what I read. Interesting. Yeah. It's always easiest if you don't have another radio single to just go with the cover of a popular song as yeah. the, the quote-unquote favorite. I mean, they are known for this record, and having yeah. an entire record as being what you're known for isn't the worst thing in the world. No, but I, even at the time, it was this was popular, and that's fine if that's the the intro for people, mm-hmm. the entry point. But you have three youngish women, four youngish women making an album on their own in a squatter studio that ends up top four hundred all time impressive. by Rolling Stone. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, they're. Uh, I would say if you've never heard this band, definitely check them out. I think we're sort of closing in on where we should wrap this up. Okay. Um, maybe we need to come up with like a rating system. I would recommend to the listeners to check out Gina Birch's Instagram page. Okay. She's an artist, continues to be making music and art, and her artwork is very evocative. Ooh. Yeah. Provocative or evocative? Evocative. It's, okay. It, oh, I'm both. less interested. Both. Okay. Um, we, hmm. She has a whole sexual abuse um, like line of her paintings. Wow, that's traumatic to look at. So Anna was a le- is a lesbian. Is Gina also? No, no. I mean, she's married to a man. I okay. don't know where her sexuality lies. We're gonna, we have a, a lot ahead <laughs> of us next week. <laughs> I think we've picked two bands that are very, they're just interesting, and I think that's the kind of music I like. Where you, there's research to be done. The band has a backstory. They're very, very influential, and they they're very influenced. Yeah. So that's that's what made this band fun to listen to. Scott, you got any closing thoughts? I got a final quote I wanted to go. Okay. With, and it was: "Inside of most introverts is a manic loudness, to which the outward quiet is a natural response." All right, I like that. Emily, final thoughts? Uh, no, just listen to this band. Take from them what you will, mm-hmm. and I think that they have the power to change your life for the yeah, better. I think so. All right. Well, hey, everybody that listened, thank you. Thanks for listening last week. Uh, Close it out with a little song by Denzel Curry. This song is called Clout Cobain, and we'll play out with this. I just want to feel myself. You want me to kill myself. Man, I've been on my own. Lord, I'm going to need some help. I just want to feel myself. You want me to kill myself. Man, I've been so damn long dealing with the things I feel. 